Hi, I'm Dr. Marianne Cintron, your dyslexia specialist. Thank you for tuning in today. This is episode nine of our Dyslexia Solutions podcast, how music enhances reading for dyslexic students. Today I have as a very special guest, my friend Amy Gibb, who's been an educator, and she's gonna share a little bit about her story, and then we're gonna ask some education questions for all you parents and teachers out there who want to see what, what the climate's like today. Hi, Amy. Welcome. Hi, how are you? <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I've been a teacher for 14 years. Um, I got my credential and my master's degree at Claremont Graduate School. Um, I work for Claremont Unified. Um, I am a native Californian. And uh, I'm married, I've been married for about 15 years. I have a beautiful daughter, um, she's eight years old. And um, I also have a performance background. I got my bachelor's in theater arts. So I bring a lot of that performance and, and the arts into my work. That's wonderful. Now I know Amy from a women's group at our church. And so I, I'm just always blessed when I have women that are on my t teachers who are at my table. We always have so much to talk about. And what's really important right now that Amy expressed was the social-emotional aspect of teaching online for the student and for the teacher. So she's gonna share a little bit about that. Yeah, um, one thing I've noticed too is like, you know, how we are in the classroom. Uh, most teachers are type A's. We, we are on a, a time schedule. We, are, we have papers due at a certain time. And, um, you know, we are always looking at data and we're very data driven. And um, in this situation, when you're going to online teaching, you really need to pay attention to the, the whole child. And um, one thing that we are stressing right now, I know my principal is stressing, it is the social emotional aspect. Um, so one of the things as educators that we're bringing into online teaching um, are, are websites that help with deep breathing or websites that are um, helping parents give their children some emotional support. Um, so one of the things that I do online is I have a check-in, um, just like kind of, kind of an emotional check-in, um, how are you doing today? And they use little emojis to kind of, um, that they circle and they say, oh, I'm doing okay or I'm not doing okay. Um, and then I also have a gratitude journal. So they list three things that they're thankful for. Um, and, you know, we do some of these exercises in the classroom too. Um, my principal is very into that emotional learning and um, that doesn't disappear here. In fact, it is more important right now that we're making kids feel safe, making feel, kids feel connected to us as the educator and that we're offering encouragement. So uh, starting this week, I will be um, taping just daily encouragement to my students, like just giving them something um, because that's what's most important right now. Are you Rhythm, finding that that is being very helpful? Because you've been using it for how long now? Um, I've been, the social emotional stuff has come in in the past two years where we've gotten training as educators, but um, yes, in this situation it is because um, kids are scared. They don't know if they're gonna come back to school. They're missing their friends. Um, and it's so much more important that we're giving them that support right now and encouragement 
then, you know, rigor is important. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of teacher, I like critical thinking and rigor and Socratic dialogues and all of those things. But what's most important right now is that we're taking into consideration the whole child. And um, yeah, it, it does work. I mean, I, I, there's a yoga website I brought in um, just to make sure that kids are having some physical activities. Um, and I want to say that I bring these things in, but there's educators, uh, there's teachers that are pulling these websites together as well as my principal and kind of dumping them into like Google Drive. And then we will post them to our, our, our um, platform that okay. we yeah, that's nice to share them that way. I was in a restaurant last week and um, went to the parent with her two kids and asked how the kids were doing it, doing. And they said, oh, we're doing fine. And she was so thankful. She's like, oh, thanks for asking because my heart does go out to the kids. Yeah. We're having a little bit of a challenge right now. Well, so I know your mom. How are you handling the time, managing time between being a teacher and being a mom? Um. Well, I'm really grateful right now because my husband is home. Um, he had to work from home, so he's been quarantined, and, and he is helping. In the beginning, it wasn't like that. For about a week or two, I was trying to juggle working with her as a second grader. And, you know, as a second grader, you can't just say, oh, go off on your own. <laughs> you know, you have to sit beside them and provide structure to her. And so that was really hard because I was trying to juggle the needs of the parents jumping online, trying to make this transition, and then trying to bring uh, my daughter up to speed on things. And uh, right now, um, my husband has been a great support. Um, and he's That's actually cool. become a better homeschooling parent, I think, than I have. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, she's on a schedule and, and routines are so important. And I've been talking about, about that with my parents online. And I use my parenting in that respect. I, I talk about my issues with homeschooling as a parent. And I, we had a, a pretty productive conversation um, online the other day about what are you doing at home, you know, to provide that structure. And a lot of them have very uh, detailed uh, schedule is at home. Hey, between 830 and 930, he's <laughs> playing the guitar between this time and this time he's doing his studies. And we found that providing a schedule to her was really, really important. So Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Now, what can you say to parents that will encourage them if they are a little reluctant to get online? I understand almost half the parents don't feel confident with the computer and online um, platforms. So how can you encourage parents maybe even to share with other parents? Well, I would say first and foremost, talk to your, your teacher. I mean, stay in close communication with your classroom teacher and they can give you tips on um, how to manage those online platforms. The nice thing about my classroom is that we were already on the one platform that we were using. Mm -hmm. So when I sent out notifications, um, we used something called Seesaw. So when I sent out notifications or I posted work that they did or pictures in the classroom, the kids already had the training. They had already had the skills. And at the upper grade, um, that's really helpful. And that's where I'm lucky because I teach upper grade. So the upper graders 
are able to train their parents right now. <laughs> so I told, I told them, I said, don't buy into any excuses. Your upper graders know that platform. Um, for our audience, upper grade is fourth and fifth graders. Right. I'm, I'm a four or five teacher. So, you know, um, they're able to teach their parents, you know, how to use uh, those tools. And at the upper grade levels, they should be a little bit more independent. Um, I know at the primary levels, that's where that gets a little trickier. Um, you know, you have to be able to provide automatic links to the parents so that they know where to go. Um, you have to make it as simple and straightforward as you can. So um, I would say just keep in contact with the teacher. We want to work with the parents. We want our platforms to be easy to use so, That's so um if it's not yeah if it's not then definitely speak up yeah so that pretty much addresses too how you what process you use because you've talked about pulling videos in as well so let's talk about how the teachers support each other okay we were, um, we were not well, this, but i think we have time for it Okay. Um, on my staff, we were already a close staff. I mean, we were a small school and, you know, we celebrate each other's birthdays and we celebrate things together. Um, one thing I noticed when this all happened, we had started connecting via group text and, um, you know, sharing things. Uh, I know sometimes if my principal bakes something, she'll share something she's even baked. <laughs> I think we're just trying Keep each other like sane and I know that when we had learned we were not coming back from the school year we we were grieving together um, on that that text I was I was pretty emotional they were pretty emotional because we love our kids yeah. and um, so you know that's one way we've connected is by staying in communication with each other that way the other way is we have all of our staff meetings on zoom so we have weekly staff meetings and the principal will just open up the floor to say, you know, how are you guys feeling right now? Um, the other thing is, is if we find nifty websites or anything like that, um, we do dump it in a general, like, I think I mentioned this earlier that we jump it into like Google drive mm -hmm. uh, so that we are sharing things with each other. And we're really lucky because we have this amazing coach on our staff who is using uh, Nearpod, which is a great website. Mm -hmm. um, and she's creating lessons for us too. So oh, that's uh, great. yeah, I hope some of the teachers and parents were taking notes on some of the references. <laughs> You've given some great resources. Audience, yeah. that's going to wrap it up for our time with Amy. It's okay. been short and sweet. So thank you, Amy. And I want the audience to know that I'm offering online training for teachers to learn how to help dyslexic children. And the training is called Dyslexia Dismantled. Please visit my website at www.dyslexia-solutions.com. And if you would please share this podcast with a teacher or a parent friend, remember, every child has a right to read.